What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the NBA Exchange. We had a little bit of a holiday break because that's what you're supposed to do during the holidays. Relax, reset, recharge. You know, I got a chance to do a little bit of that, although somewhat busy with work. But Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, it's January 4th. This is pretty much like the last day I'm going to be saying that. I'm not one of those people that extend this past five days into the new year. You can't be saying Happy New Year at like January 10th. Like, nah, man, you can't, can't be doing that. Um, we're back. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, it is Wednesday. So Gerard Hector was with me. And I'm glad we're going to talk about this because if, in the last seven days of the NBA, whoo, there has been some tremendous scoring performances. And it ain't just the scoring. I mean, this guy's doing a lot of stuff all around, the rebounds, the assists. But, man, it's been crazy. And I know, and Gerard and I are going to get into this, I know some of the old heads out there are going to be like, oh, they don't play no defense in the NBA. Oh, they're just scoring. They didn't do this back in the day and all this other stuff. Man, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. This has been dope. <laughs> we can enjoy this. It's okay. We can do that. My man Gerard Hector is here with me. Happy New Year to the brother Gerard. Gerard, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. So, you know, you said you're not going to be doing any more um, New Year's wishes. So are you like the the, the legend, uh, the broadcast ESPN legend, Chris Berman? Let me be the last to wish you a happy New Year. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, I will be the last to wish you a happy New Year after today. I just, you know what? I just feel like once you get past, I'll give people the grace of a week. Yeah, I really like five days, but I'll give mm-hmm. you the grace of a week. After you get past that, I, even if you haven't seen me, no, we're, we're good. We're, we're, we're done. Like, we're done with the happy new year. Like, it's it's good. I've heard it enough. Had all the texts. We're fine. We're, we're good. Yeah, so let me be the last to wish you a happy new year. I can do that. How you doing, man? You been enjoying the NBA during the I'm good, break? man. Listen, the NBA is in an incredible place right now. I mean, we've been saying this for a while now. Um, It's just... It's outstanding, and I'm really amped to talk about what's been going on in the league, all the all the great sort of performances we're seeing. Yeah, no, man, it's been some great performances, and it's like you can – we're going to go – we're going to be moving all over the place here, but I think the one we have to start with is the one that happened the other night, Monday night, and Monday night, obviously, this got overshadowed uh, because of what went on in the NFL, which obviously was extremely tragic. And it took away from some, not just this performance, but some other really great scoring performances um, in the NFL uh, with Hamlin of the Bills, Pitt alum. Mm-hmm, uh, I want to mm-hmm, say pray, mm-hmm. prayers up and uh, good wishes to yep. him. But Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points. And here's the thing for me, Gerard. Whenever I hear a ridiculous high-scoring game, if I didn't get to watch it live, and I don't know if you were watching it live, but I did not get the chance to watch it live because um, I was working and doing updates yeah. on CBS Sports Radio, WFN. But I went back. The key yeah, thing man. for me always in things like this, well, obviously I'm going to watch it because I'm a fan. It's what we do. Did somebody, this person score in the flow of the game? That's always the thing for me. Did they do that? I felt this way about Kobe's 81-point game. When I go back and watch that, he scored really well in the flow, in the flow of the game. I felt the same as this. Donovan Mitchell, this performance was crazy, bro. <laughs> like, what, unlike, what were your thoughts un, on this? 
unlike Kobe's last game where he was not scoring oh, the floor yeah, yeah, of the game. That, that oh, was not okay. the floor of the game. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and listen, for full transparency, why Gerard brought that up. Gerard knows that I'm a Kobe fan. Gerard, let's just put it like this. Gerard, uh... I'm not a hater, though. No. He's not I'm a not hater. hater. No, no, no. I was not going to say that. I was going to say Gerard is not down with y'all who do Correct. too much with the Mamba mentality. Correct. Too much with the Kobe system. Correct. That that that's where he's not he's Correct. not now, Gerard. You know I'm pretty fair on this. That last Kobe game, that was not a Florida game. That was straight. That was straight jacket for numbers. Straight jacket for numbers. And we know this. They're oh like, man! You know, shout shout, on, shout, shout out to the legend Kobe. Rest in peace, man. No, look, yes. th- th- that was an excellent game by Mitchell. You know, Dexter, you and I are are, are two people who. I don't want to say we were down on Donovan Mitchell because that's not a fair assessment. I would say we thought about him differently, right? We kind of saw him as, you know, an all-star level player, but primarily a volume type of scorer. If he gets on a heater, he'll have have an efficient night. But for the most part, he's going to get his points because he chucks up a lot of shots. I am happy to say I was dead wrong about that. He looks like a completely different guy in Cleveland. And look, I know people are going to say, but Gerard, didn't you watch the playoff performances in Utah? Yeah. I've seen that, but I've seen a lot of clunkers in them playoffs too, right? A lot of four for 20-something games, like a lot of that going on. Step back three is, and you're like, bro, again, you're missing these. This ain't working. But the other thing about this too, Dexter, is he's developed into a legitimate three-level scorer, right? Like he is scoring from all three levels on the court. And when you're doing that, I mean, that's just like, that's the holy grail, right? And he he's at a level right now, Dexter, where he's already made three all-star teams. He is going to make his first All-NBA team this year. That is going to happen if he continues to play this way. And it's incredible. Um, you know, that, that performance on Monday night was outstanding. Again, in the flow of the game, 20-25 from the line, 7 of 15, I believe, from three. I mean, he was just, he was magnetic. And look, the Cavaliers needed every single one of those points because other than um, Jared Allen and Chetty Osman, nobody else was making any shots on that team. And, they had, and Darius Garland was out. And so was Evan Mobley. So they needed all those points uh, in overtime uh, to win that game. I just, I'm impressed with his development. And it's a, not a cautionary tale, but it's a lesson that we all need to remember. You know, man, development is not linear, number one. Right. Or two, right. it's hard as shit to be good, at, to be elite in this league. Coach Thorpe always says the hardest jump is to go from all-star to all-NBA superstar. Like that. That is the hardest jump to make because that is when that's that's your rarefied air. That's your LeBron's, KD's, all Jokic's, all these dudes. Everywhere you know, night in, night out. Yep, I know what I'm getting because they're they're those types of people. It's the hardest jump to make. And Mitchell's been adding to his game, working, crafting, getting better. This is only what year five or six for him. So you know, I'm just impressed with what I'm seeing. And defensively, he's starting to play well in that end too. Yo, you know what the other thing to me, Gerard, you, you knocked everything out of the park there about what was so good that should not be lost in this. He also had 11 assists, okay? Mm-hmm. In a game, like you said, where there's no Mobley, there's no Garland, and this is another level of his game that I think has gotten better. And so be clear, I can't remember if Gerard and I talked about this on the show or we had talked about it not publicly, but Gerard and I had this discussion about where we ranked Mitchell last season. Mm-hmm. And we said that we both, we both were in agreement that we had him about the 25th best player in the league. Mm-hmm. I've said publicly on other shows and stuff that I think he's jumped up to oh. clear top 15, without question. very likely top 12 mm-hmm. in the league right now. And a lot of it's because of what you just said, Gerard, the defense, the playmaking now with the assists, right? He's out there not with his full complement supporting cast out there, 
he was out there making passes to Dean Wade and Chetty mm-hmm. Osmond, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and other guys out there trying to make it happen. He had 71 points, 11 assists, the most assists ever in a 70-plus point game in NBA history. This is also the highest-scoring game in NBA history. Excuse me, not in NBA history. It's highest-scoring game since Kobe Bryant's 81-point mm-hmm. game almost 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So this was an amazing performance. There's no doubt about that. And listen, man, I, I, I like where Donovan Mitchell is trending. What's crazy about it is he's having a fantastic season, Gerard. And we probably, if we talked our top five for MVP, we probably actually wouldn't mention him right now. Because That's of how good thing. the other dude, how good some of the other dudes, KD, Jokic, Giannis, have mm-hmm, been. Mm-hmm. Jason Luka. Tatum, mm-hmm. Luca, yeah. right? Those yeah. are probably your five right now. We're yeah. not even talking about Mitchell. And he just dropped a 70-piece with 11 assists. Mm-hmm. It, it, just insane. Just, just insane. It, crazy. It's crazy, Dexter. Like, it is just, the league is in such a good place. I know we're going to talk about this. Like, there is so much young talent all across the NBA. Young, yep. old, middle-aged talent. And if you are a fan of basketball, first of all, the NBA is the best basketball league in the world. So if you like basketball and you're not watching the NBA, I don't know what to tell you. You need to get yourself some league pass. Turn, I mean, you can, if you don't have a team, you can find a team. That you, I mean, there are 30 teams that, look, they're not all great, right? We got four bottom feeders that are kind of, you know, struggling. But even they have some things to look forward to, some nice young talent. That's looking good. I mean, the talent level across this league right now is incredible. And the basketball skill level wise is so high right now. So, so, so high. It's it's absolutely positively impressive. You got to be impressed with it. Um, okay, we talked about Monday night. Let's go back to just last night. <laughs> Let's go, have to go back far with this stuff. Giannis, Jesus, career high, 55 points, guys, versus the Wizards. And listen, the Bucks' offense hasn't been great as of late, okay? Giannis also had 10 rebounds, 7 assists. They won 123 to 113. Um, Giannis joined Flynn Robinson back in 1969 and the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Abdul- mm-hmm. in 72 as the only players in Bucks history with three straight 40-point games. He's also now the second player in league history to average 45-plus points per game, 15-plus rebounds per game, and over five assists in a three-game span. You know the only other person who did that is? Wilt Chamberlain. You know, anytime you, you, yes. you, you, yes. you know what I'm about to say. Yes. Anytime yes. your name starts getting mentioned with Wilt yes. Chamberlain, you've done something pretty dope, okay? And we're going to talk about Giannis, but here's something I'm very intrigued about this season, particularly when we talk about the MVP race and all these performances, Gerard. You know what I'm liking right now? It seems like dudes are looking around, and we'll get back to some of the other stuff, and they're seeing what somebody else is doing. They're like, okay, I can do something a little bit better. I'm trying to up it, and I love it. I feel like Giannis is like, y'all forgot about me. Y'all don't think I'm I'm not a two-time MVP. I can't get this done. Yo. I'm out here it putting is. numbers on the board. I mean, Dexter, this league is full of alpha competitors. Everybody in this league is an alpha competitor. Now, there are degrees to that within it, right? Like LeBron versus, I don't know, the 15th man on the on the Magic. But you don't get to be the 15th man on the Magic if you're not a competitor. Again, this is the best basketball league in the world. The 450 or so greatest players on planet Earth play in the NBA. You know how good and competitive you have to be to get into and make it in this league? Like, oh, this is real talk. So when these guys see it, 
no doubt they're like, oh, I saw that. And they're all on social now, you know, at, at halftime after the game being like, oh, word, so-and-so did that. All right. Like, and, you know, all of guys like us asking after the game, hey, man, do you see what so-and-so did over in the, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It, it's wonderful. It's a great time. You, know, you mentioned Will, and, you know, he's someone that the young kids, you know, you, you heard of him, and, you know, he played with, like, black and white photo, uh, you know, videos. You're like, you're like, ah, that guy's not, listen, this man is littered all over the NBA record books still to this day. You know, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell, 70 points. So he became the seventh active, the seventh player in NBA history to score at least 70 in a game. No other player has done it more than once except for Wilt. Wilt's done it six times. He scored at least 70 points in a game six times. Like, including, of course, his famous 100-point game. Just a, a freak show, a, a complete statistical freak. Absolutely crazy. Where, where are you with Giannis this year, especially what he's had to do for the Bucks lately? I know they've had some injuries and yeah. their, their offense has sort of not been up to par. Yeah. But where are you with him in terms of MVP candidacy when he's putting up numbers like he did in this three-game stretch? So it's interesting, right? Giannis's raw numbers are as great as they've ever been, right? 30-something, 11, 5, almost 6, right, in terms of rebounds and assists. But efficiency-wise, Dexter, like he's down across the board. He's not converting as high at the rim. He was ne- he's not a great mid-range or three-point shooter, and those numbers have gone down. His free-throw shooting has gone down. Um, and, you know, part of it is Giannis's greatest skill or his superpower that makes him an elite player is that he goes hard 24-7, right? That is what makes him un- – it's just like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't stop. But you can't do that forever. Like, that takes a toll on your body. It's going to tax you at some point. And I think Giannis is looking around being like, all right, man, like I can't be out here going hard all 82 games and then we're going to have any gas left in the tank for the playoffs. So he's starting to realize I got to pick and choose my spots of when I'm going hard. Not Again, not saying he's dogging it out there. I'm just saying instead of going 15 straight drives at the rim, all right, maybe I'll go seven and I'll shoot seven jump shots instead, right? Like just to preserve that body so that he has more gas in the tank come playoff time because you know and I'm someone that champions this. The NBA regular season is too damn long. Okay. 82 yeah. games, four games in five nights. Like, all oh, it's just, it's too much. It's just too much. And that causes wear and tear. Now, as far as the Bucs, you know, their offense has been putrid, but defensively, they're still good. And you give them the benefit of the doubt because they are past champions. Um, they need Chris Middleton healthy. Um, without Middleton, their offense is lacking because when teams build a wall against Giannis in the postseason, Middleton's that guy that can get you a shot nice on. Drew, Drew Holiday has gotten significantly better as an offensive player and can do that stuff now. But again, what Middleton gives you is that six foot seven, six foot eight, KD light. And I'm being very clear about the light, okay, because ain't nobody KD, but can give you that kind of shot creation that you need in the postseason. Um, so for the Bucs, look, and you see, even with that putrid offense, there's still what? Uh, third in the East, a half game behind Brooklyn for second, a game behind uh, Boston for first. So they're, they're going to hover right around there. Milwaukee doesn't care if they're first, second, or third because um, they'll win on the road, right? doesn't matter to them. So I think it's just about getting them healthy for the postseason. Yeah, well, we'll see what they're doing. Giannis, yes, not as efficient as he has been in the past. Let's go back to Monday again, right? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just about Donovan Mitchell. There's some things I feel like people might have missed on that day too. LeBron James mm-hmm. scored 43 points, and the Lakers need him to score every point they can right now because they ain't got much else, all right? Clay in mm-hmm. a fantastic game against the Hawks, which yes. I got to watch mm-hmm. the end of. 54 points. Mm-hmm. We'll get to him in a second. 
Embiid, who's been on a tear recently, 42 and 11. Reigning conference player of the month. Mm -hmm. Reigning conference player of the month. Luca, and we'll have more on him too. 39, 12, and 8, I believe. He had up to 8 or 9 that, that night. Let me just Also a reigning conference player of the month for the Western month. Conference. Yes. <laughs> 39, 12, and 8. Sorry, I knew he, he was a couple shy of a, a, a triple-double. Triple uh, LeBron, also of note, also had 11 boards and 6 assists. Okay? Which, at his age. And let's not forget about DeMar DeRozan in mm-hmm. defeat to the Cavaliers. 44 points. And he's, mm-hmm. he's been balling out. Um we are getting nights like this, Gerard. <laughs> we are getting, and, and as you said, Gerard made a great point. The talent is across all ages. You got as young as Luca in there. You got middle aged like uh, Embiid here. Mm-hmm. You got old man Bron mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, approaching old man Clay. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Clay in this one because I don't know which of these you found most impressive, but for me, it was Clay because all the talk has been about Clay. Oh, Clay's washed, Clay's done. The man came back from tearing his Achilles and his ACL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had flashes in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. Now there's no curry for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. He shows you he can step up and have a big-time game like this. Uh, was his performance the most impressive for you on the night of these? Or Obviously, the most impressive one was Donovan Mitchell. But taking <laughs> Donovan Mitchell aside, taking Donovan Mitchell aside, the rest of these, which one was the most impressive? Yeah, I thought Clay was excellent because it just showed he was on a heater from three. I think he had 10 of 21 from three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. So he's 30 points alone just from the three point line. Um, he was masterful. And I think for him, it was important that he had a game like that because, listen, these guys are prideful. They hear people talking about them. And we saw on Christmas Day him, John, and Dylan Brooks when they were up, right? Like, this is oh, oh, that was these <laughs> these guys. It matters to them, right? And they are competitors. And Clay hears people talking. Now, here's the why it matters for Clay is because when you're coming off those two devastating injuries, it isn't that Clay can't have nights like this. Of course, he can. It's just that he's not going to have nights like this all the time, right? The days of him being an All NBA level uh, two guard are probably done, right? He's not going to be able to play at that consistent level, um, just because. As injuries sap some of what you of, of your ability, right, your strength and all those different things, it takes a toll. Not to mention, this guy's been playing late into June, the bulk of his career, right? I mean, so he's a lot of basketball miles in his body, even though he sat out for two years because of, of those injuries. So, you know, it is it's impressive when those guys can still show you that, hey, I still got it. And yeah, Clay can still and they manage his minutes right and all that for a series in the playoffs. He can still be as impactful as any player in, in the NBA. So I think it was great to see Clay do that. Of course, Braun at his advanced age still able to do what he does. And Bede has just been a monster. Um, you know, and Philly's starting to kind of turn the thing around a little bit there. And Luca's Luca, man, you know. Um, again, we're we're just so fortunate right now, Dexter, that there's just so much good ball and so much talent all around the league. Just a plethora of it. It's 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 crazy. That's just one evening <laughs> we're mm-hmm. talking about. But let's go, let's go back to New Year's Day. Okay, we're going we're going back in time here. <laughs> New Year's Day. Yeah. Nikola Jokic. This is crazy. <laughs> 30, 12, and 12 on 10 of 13 shooting people. He doesn't do anything that's explosive. Right. Some of y'all out there don't respect him. You right. haven't been showing him enough respect. His I, I get blown because we look at the last two seasons, Gerard, that this man has put up. Is he back to back MVP? And, and he might a, be 
he might be leading yeah. MVP confident this year. I mean, he's going to get voter fatigue and all that, but the Nuggets are number one team in the West, and he probably should be MVP again this year. Uh, you know. I, I, well, that's what I wanted to ask you, Gerard, because we've talked about this a ton, all show, especially when we've had Brian and Murph with us on here. Yeah, we know the vote that the voter fatigue and MVP is a narrative-driven story. Hey, why can't the narrative be somebody just keeps putting up better numbers? Why can't it be that, right? Like, I think there's a legit argument here. For sure. Number one team in the West. The numbers are actually getting better the last three years, right? And I I don't want to put this on Gerard as he's a numbers guy, but I know Gerard is the person who uses the numbers to match the eye test. Why can't this guy win it? And what's it going to take for people to put some respect on his name? We do this weird thing in sports, Dexter. It's like we don't – the only people to ever win three consecutive MVPs are Wilt Chamberlain and Larry Bird, right? And so – People are like, uh, I don't know, like, this is weird. You know what I mean? Like, they just, it's a weird thing. They can't, like, let themselves do it, right? It's like, are we saying that that Luca, that that, uh, that Nicola's better than Burton? It's like, yeah, we are. And it's okay. It's, it's, we do this thing, well, right? Well, 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 we, we, know, we, know one, we know one person who's, who's probably well, not going to say that. <laughs> shout, 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 shout out to our boy Murph. But the thing is, when you say... Nicola is better you're not saying bird is trash like and that's the thing people understand because people's brains work in binaries if i say player x is better than this other one well that means the other one's bad that's not that's not what i'm saying that's not what i'm saying at all i'm just saying he's better and Jokic's advanced numbers are excellent man i mean he's literally a tenth of a of a point behind luca in estimated plus minus his efficiency is off the chart decks He's 69 shooting, 64 effective field goal percentage. I mean, he's just, it's ridiculous. And you made an excellent point. Sports, and basketball in particular, is an aesthetic thing. When we watch certain things, it fires synapses in our brains and makes us jump off our couch and, oh, I was thinking about a different sport, but in the World Cup final, when it was tied uh, 2-2, and Mbappe was making that run, and he like juke through four dudes and got that shot off. I was like, oh my, like you, your brain is like, oh, 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 you're getting so amped, right? And so when you watch uh, Steph or LeBron is prime or KD or somebody crossing somebody having Kyrie with his layup package, right? That makes you get so excited because you're like, oh my, and it's incredible. But yo, man, it's still worth two points of inside the arc, and it's still worth three, right? So it don't matter how it got there. What the end result is the same, right? And to your point, nothing Jokic does is flashy in that way, right? You don't got no sick handles, none of that stuff, right? But he's got a computer brain. He sees the game break down, and it's incredible. One of my favorite things about watching Nuggets games is when he's directing the offense from the center position. And he points one of his teammates to a spot, particularly a newer teammate. So Bruce Brown is someone. He's like, nah, Bruce, here, here, here. And Bruce is like, what? why am I? No, here. And it don't matter because it's not that Bruce is getting the ball right there in that spot. It's that Jokic has already seen the two passes that are coming next and boom, wide open layup. And he's like, what? he's brilliant in that way. And he impacts winning. The on-off numbers tell you the story. When he's on the floor, Nuggets plus nine points per 100 possession. When he's off the floor, they're losing, right? Like that is the mark of how good of a player. When I'm on the floor, we're doing good things. When I'm not, we're doing terrible things, right? That's how you tell the importance of a player. It's not just the scoring. It's the rebound. It's the assist. It's the hockey assist, right? 
It's everything. And that's what makes him so good and so dangerous. And part of it too, Dexter, is also, it's the American exceptionalism around basketball. And it's the way Mm -hmm. in which we still, not you and I, but the collective fan base views European players. Now, see, Luca's different because Luca's got a game kind of like an American player, right? He uh, talks see, shit, right? Like right. he got he got a little bit of that kind of like schoolyard mentality to him when he's playing ball, right? And you too small and all that, like right, like and people like that. And when you think about it, peers, his peers. How often do you hear his fellow peers in the NBA say? Yeah, Jokic. They say Luca. How often you hear mm. them say Jokic? Mm. It's mm. it's a it's a bizarre thing because it just it doesn't look right, right? It doesn't for to your it's like it's not how it looks. Yo, man, but it's effective as shit. That's all that matters to me. Real quick, if you were voting, if you had a vote today for MVP, who are you voting for? Among all this being said, who would you vote for? God, I mean, today on January 4th, it yep. is Jokic by like hair i think it's fair i think it's fair. i mean i can't you, i can't you, you, i mean at, at 11 55 you ask me at three o'clock i might say jason tatum although <laughs> the celtics um lately so i'm like all right i'm not too worried about them but they, but no, they, no. They, they, they've been looking that good okay we'll move along real quickly um listen i'm telling y'all these these this was crazy new year's eve luca mm-hmm. we just talked about i won't belabor too much here because we got the greatest game he had in the stretch started this whole stretch. Uh, he dropped 51 and it shows us a concern that Gerard and I've had about the Mavericks. And I still do. I don't care if they're fifth in the West or wherever they are right now. I'm yeah, still concerned man. about their heliocentric yeah. offense. I do not yeah. think that's going to work. And I, and I am the biggest Luca fan there is out there, but, and then Paul George dropped 45 in a loss. Um, those were, were very impressive. Um, where are you with the Clippers right now? I want to, because Paul George, impressive there. We're starting to see him and Kawhi, you know, sort of get back into the thing. Where are you with them and the noise you think they can make in the West? Look, anytime you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and they're healthy and playing, you have a shot. I think they have to do some consolidation and figure out something else and figure out a piece somewhere. You know, with the, you got Batum, you got Kennard, you got... Each of a lot of guys, yeah, man, it's just a lot of dudes. And it's like, they all can't get minutes. Like, can you do something with your package and get, you know, a, another person who's a reliable third scorer, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just like they, Tyloo's got to kind of figure something out with that. Maybe it's not even a trade. Maybe it's just like, you know, I'm consolidating this, this, this rotation and so-and-so's getting the bulk of the minutes, whatever, whatever it is. But look, anytime you have, two all-NBA and all-defensive caliber wing players, you got a shot. Their thing is, can they be healthy, right? Can they play, you know, uh, enough games, and can they have their rhythm and the timing back to do what they have to do? Now, Ty Lue's a pragmatic guy. He's not wedded to any system or whatever. He does whatever it's going to take to win. I think it's going to take some of his pragmatism uh, to, to really get this team where they should be. Because Dex, you know, they're four games above 500, three games above 500. They're just middle of the road. I mean, offensively, they're terrible. They're 28th in offensive efficiency, but they're guarding. They're sixth in defensive rating. So they can guard. You just got to figure out that offense a little bit. So that's what I meant about who's that third reliable scorer. What do you do there? I think the wall stuff has been fine. I just, they got to kind of figure something out somewhere. 
Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they – the consolidation point is an interesting one with their um, – Paul, George, and Kawhi have been looking good recently and playing very inspired basketball. So that's been good to see. I'm with you, too. Robert Covington has recently been out mm-hmm. the rotation. Now, mm-hmm. will they consolidate more? That shall be interesting to see. Now, the day before that, uh, the eve before New Year's Eve, December 30th, five players, five players, guys, scored 40 or more points. LeBron had a season-high 47. This was also on his birthday, 38. 47, 10, and 9. I believe that was against the Magic. Four of the players registered 40-point performance. Giannis had 43 and 20 against the T-Wolves. Zach Levine dropped 43, CJ McCollum 42, and Jordan Poole 41. There, like th- th- again, this this just shows you the yeah. amazing talent. Uh, we don't have to go through that. I'm going to skip through this. The day before that, December 29th, Luca <laughs> again, 35, 12, and 13, and Julius Randle on the Knicks. Who Julius Randle gave us everything that we need. Who's been playing good? I don't want to. Julius well. Randle has, well. has been very good. They were chanting MVP at the Garden. The they day. were. That, they were. That might that might be a bit much, but it's a far <laughs> cry from the thumbs down last year. Mm-hmm, I'm correct. fine with that. 41-11 and seven. However, that wasn't a loss to the Spurs. More in the Knicks and Spurs later when we talk about betting. Um, this is where I'll go and, and stop and chat a little bit. December twenty eighth. Okay. There was a bunch of games where players posted big numbers, and it all ended up in one-point victories. Giannis, Mm -hmm. check this out, folks. 45, 22-7. Excuse me, this was a one-point loss to the Chicago Bulls. My bad Mm -hmm. on that. DeMar in the same game, 42-10 and dimes in that same game. Also, we just talked about two-time reigning MVP Nikola Jokic, 47-6. and in a loss to the Kings. De'Aaron Fox had 31 and 13 in that game. And then this man, who we just talk about here, who is insane inside <laughs> right now, Zion Williamson, 43 points on 14 of 21 shooting in a one-point victory over the Wolves. And then last but not least, your boy, KD. Mm-hmm. 26, 16, and eight dimes in a one-point victory over the Hawks, and the Nets almost blew that game, and they needed all of that from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to focus on him because I saved him for last. KD, man. <laughs> man, I'm shaking my head if you're listening to this. <laughs> KD has been so efficient, it is stupid. I do have a concern, though, Gerard. Mm-hmm. I have a mm-hmm. concern about your boy. Okay. My concern is the usage rate. Mm. with with his age mm-hmm. they've been playing really well i texted mm-hmm. you last week was like yo do you think this Nets mm-hmm. winning streak is weird, real i know you but they've had some quality wins are you concerned about how much kv is being used and what is an mvp level season so yes and no early on i was a lot more concerned lately though he's been getting a lot of fourth quarters off um that hawks game notwithstanding um in the soft part of their schedule He's the last two of the last four games. He sat the entire fourth because they had huge leads. That's big. Um, you know, anytime you can get his minute load down, that's that's the way to go. Um, this team is starting to play better. <clears throat> Obviously, the hottest in the league, 12 straight. Um, they're a half game behind the Celtics for the best record uh, in the NBA. Could actually have that tonight if they win against um, San Antonio. They play tonight. No, Chicago. Chicago on the road. Um, 
you know, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit concerning, but I, I kind of like that they're spreading it around a little bit. He's not forcing things. The team's looking good. I think the biggest thing for them, Dexter, is before beginning of the season, Joe Harris, uh, TJ Warren, those guys were all working themselves back from injury. And you had to play a lot of minutes with Kyrie and Patty Mills on the floor. And look, I, I love Patty Mills, but he's six feet tall. Last year, they had to play a lot of Patty, Bruce Brown, Kyrie minutes. It, you know, when you're playing against big alpha wings like the, like the Celtics had and Tatum and Brown, it's like shooting over cones, man. As, as, as good as those dudes are and they know where they got to be, you can't coach height. You are how tall you are. That just is what it is. TJ Warren, 6'8". Bruce Lanina, 6'6". Yuta Watanabe, 6'8". Ben Simmons, 6'10", who is playing better defensively. They have size. Look, the hardest thing to do in this league is score consistently over length. It's just hard to do that, right? Easier to score over a bunch of 5'11", 6-foot dudes. Not easy to score over 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", dudes. They throw those lineups out there. They're doing well. Claxton stepped this game up. Look, Durant's having an MVP season. Um, I, I like where this team's at. They're in an interesting spot, Dex. You know, it was just what um, seems like forever ago now. We're like, blow it up. Okay. Yeah. They're winning again, right? But they can still even wait. Because let's say, for some reason, shit goes haywire the next four weeks. Okay? Trade deadline's not till February, right? They can still figure out what. They're in a prime position right now. It's like, okay, we're going to ride this out and just see where we're at. If we're still doing what we're doing now at trade deadline, all right. Now we can get that backup center because now we're going in. Because now we see y'all are committed, y'all are for real. If for whatever reason it goes off the rails, we can, we can press escape and cut bait. Right, like they 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 have options now, and that's the thing you want to give yourself options. And they're they're they're, in a, they're as an organization, they're in a good place right now. Not they are, and and KD is is absolutely balling. Um, in that speaking of balling, last date we'll talk about this. We kicked it all off seven seven days ago, December twenty seventh, and this was a heartbreaker <laughs> for me to watch. It was a heartbreaker for me to watch. Also weird because I like the player that did right. this to the Knicks. Donch, it's 60, 21, and 10. Stupid, stupid. Stupid game. Insane that the Knicks actually lost this game. Blew a nine-point lead with 33 seconds to go, but that is some Knicks shit, as you would know. <laughs> um, on that same night, Embiid at 48 and 10, and then this was a smaller footnote in there. Westbrook tied the NBA record for triple doubles off the bench uh, with three, which was uh, held solely by Detlef Shrimp uh, before that. So, Shout out to the uh, Sonics legend, Detlef Shrimp. Yes. Um, just an impressive night. Luca and where he's at. I am never surprised by what he do, although a 60-point triple-double is stupid. Um, 60 with 22. I just want to say that. It's not a light, like, he just got over 10 right. boards. 21 boards. Board. 21 boards. Stupid. Um, are we still on the – I said it before. I don't know if you're still here with me. Are we still on the this thing gonna work for the Mavs? Because he's doing too much. Oh yeah, for sure. Some help. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. We're, not, I mean, we're not off. No, the, the, look, we've seen this movie before. James Harden tried yeah. this. It, you're going to run out of gas come the postseason. As I, I said at the beginning of the show, 82 games is too long. Yep. And he ain't gonna play all 82. But you can't do that for 65 games, and then you're gonna have enough energy to win the 16 games that matter. Like you're just not going to have it. Not to mention when teams go, oh. So this is what y'all do. Got it. We got our game plan for Luca. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, this is, this is where it's at now. And look, 
this is a larger sort of contextual thing about the NBA and all these incredible scoring nights that we're seeing, Dexter. The skill level is so high. Back in the day in the NBA, you used to have just big bodies who were just there just to take up space. They were just big dudes who just took up space. They weren't particularly skilled or good at anything. They were just big humans, right? They can grab a board, I guess, but couldn't do anything with the basketball in their hands. Literally nothing. You had point guards who literally were game managers. They could dribble a little. Some of them couldn't go the other hand, right? They can maybe knock down an open foul line jumper, but that was about it. There were just steady hands who didn't turn the ball over. That's like, that's not what the league is now. It, the league is just full of, you start, you start a, a lineup, you've got let's, like, the, like the rappers, right? When they go, they're all six foot eight and taller when they put Van Fleet on the bench. Everybody's got guard skills. Like, that's insanity. I say this all the time. You take Kevin Durant, all these guys that are this tall, you chop them off in the 80s, they'd be on trial for witchcraft. Because they'd be like, what is this sorcery that you're doing? Why are you so big and you're able to do this? This is not normal, right? This is the evolution of basketball. There's just so much skill. The skill level is so, so high. Guys are really coming into the league hyper, hyper skilled, right? It's like It used to be when you're a big guy, all right, throw them in the post. Nah, guard skills, right? It's huge. It gives you such an advantage. And this is why we're seeing what we're seeing across the league right now. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you brought up the word evolution because when I hear that, and you know it's going to come from the detractors. And most people that say this stuff don't watch the NBA. You know, it, it's the same tropes, and the people look mm-hmm. the same to say this all the time <laughs> about the NBA. And so you know what it is. And it's, oh, this was this. This was back in the day. And I know Le- I, LeBron, I was going to say, I know Gerard always probably feels like he's beating a dead horse with this when you're trying to talk about the level of skill back then compared to now. That's the beauty of sports. Things evolve. That is a good thing. That is not mm-hmm. a bad thing. It's not a thing to look at and say, this isn't good, or back in the day, this was better. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Y'all don't like more skill? Who doesn't? Like, I, I really want to ask people that. Who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like more skill? And there's, always an, there's always an adjustment. Some point it's going to be high level of offense and the defense catches up and then there's adjustments back. That's how it is. Dexter, it's not, he, he, uh, not a bad. Uh, check this yeah, out. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dragonfly Jones tweeted this out yesterday. Mm. The NBA is on pace to have the highest total point per game average. That's the combination of both team scores since 1985. Since the 80s, that vaunted golden era of defense that NBA fans clamor over, do with that what you will. And then he goes on to say, mm-hmm. tell you what I'm going to do with that info. We're experiencing a paradigm shift of talent like we did in the 80s. They were playing D in the 80s, but Bird, Magic, Zeke, MJ, Neek were too damn good. They played D in today's NBA, but Luka, Giannis, KD, Bron, Steph, Embiid are too damn good. And that's the reality of it. Like, everyone goes mm-hmm. this whole thing about, like, these guys don't play defense, these guys don't play defense. Yo, first of all, defenses have never been more exotic and better today than they've ever been in the history of basketball. Agreed. It is much harder to play defense now because you have to cover more ground. Teams, the Mavericks shoot like 40-something threes a night, okay? So you've got to guard the three-point line, the mid-range, and the paint. And the interior. and protect. Back in the 80s, that wasn't the case, okay? You had a guard the size of like a literal postage stamp, right? It's like everybody clamored inside the, the, the arc. A little bit easier when my rotation doesn't have to come from that far away. If I've got to go cover the guy in the corner and race from the paint, that's a lot of ground to cover. Ain't going to make it in time. All these guys need is a sliver of opening. That's it. Shots off money. And again, to the point, you can play the most elite defense in the world. There's still Kevin Durant. There's still Steph Curry. It don't matter. They're going to score anyway. That's what makes them so good. Defense don't. 
you know, I was watching this um, compilation of like players talk about Durant and Drew Holiday, one of the great defenders, Andre Iguodala. It was like, PJ Tucker, yo, defense don't matter. It's like, yo, like you're in this, it's like he don't see you. He's just shooting the ball. Like, and PJ, I remember, remember that Bucks series. PJ was in his shorts, yeah, his literally shit. in his shorts. Durant averaged what, 40 something, 10, and like, you, could, you couldn't ask for better defense. Didn't matter, right? Like Not that's matter. the greatness of these people. When they're, it, it doesn't matter what you do, short of literally committing violence, right? Literally, like, and shit. <laughs> PJ was committing serious violence in that series, like right. Short of like clotheslining them on and tackling them every time they touch the ball. Hey, man, it is what it is. Yeah, but see, though, the people that like that '80s ball, they want to go back to that. You, you know, you know, they want to go back to see the Kurt Rambis uh, clothesline. And 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 that's the <laughs> that's the part about it that I can tell people. So we, we do this thing with our collective memories, right? Our memories are faulty. They're not actually what, when you, when you actually think about what your memory is and what actually occurred, that ain't so. Everyone remembers the Rambus clothesline, you know, Dr. J punching Larry Bird. Like, okay, y'all saw three fights. So because, of, because y'all saw three people throw hands, oh, they were just, go turn on any random game from the 1980s. Talk to me about defense. A lot of Matador, Ole, people just going right to the rim. Get out of here with this crap. <laughs> you make a great point about like the rotations and the skill level and all that that I think people ignore. And then, you know, those same people generally have the argument that are anti the NBA that they like the college game better. There's a lot of reasons I wonder why about that. But they, you, like, you, you, you like a game that is less skilled. Great. Awesome. Great. Congratulations. Which, which nobody ever says <laughs> about any other sport, which is Correct. an argument I've made the whole time. Nobody's ever like, hey, man, I want to go watch that minor league baseball over Major League Baseball. Hell Some no. of y'all say y'all rather watch college football over the NFL. Again, I think that's a lot of overlap into reasons why you do instead mm-hmm. of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be about how many players, what the players <laughs> look like on the field or on the court. And the um, they're getting paid, you know. Right. Nobody's like, I'm going to go watch this amateur tennis, this amateur golf. Right. 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 We generally like to watch the best things in the world. Like, come on. I love soccer. It's my second favorite sport. I'm not trying to watch the MLS over the EPL. Y'all know that. Hell no. So come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this this stuff is this stuff is crazy to me, people. Uh, we got two quick topics to move on before we get to betting that I wanted to talk with Gerard about. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, because there's two mm. trades that went on, two mm-hmm. trades that went on in the NBA this, this offseason, major trades of the offseason. One was DeJounte Murray going from the Spurs to the Hawks, and the other was Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves. Let's start with the Hawks first. I could there's an argument to be made that these trades are not working out in a way that we thought they would have. But you texted me last night, and I thought you said something very succinct and about the Hawks, and it was like, yo, they got a trade problem. Explain more. I'll let you, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> look, it, it, it sometimes feels like I'm piling on Trey, and it's not. Look, he's a young kid, and he's allowed to mature and get better, Dexter, right? He's only 24 years old. But, yo, man, it is very evident that those dudes on the Hawks don't love playing basketball with him. It is very evident when you watch them. Again, now call me a Grizzlies homer all you want, but there is a different energy when John Morant does good things from his teammates versus when Trey does good things from his teammates. You just see it. The Grizzlies are invested in Ja being a superstar, and they love it. Yes, this is our guy. We'll go fall in line behind him. I don't see that with the Hawks. But they're like, yeah, not nah. John Collins. We know about the John Collins situation. He already got one coach fired in Lloyd Pierce. He's bristling with Nate with Nick McMillan now. Hey man, the common denominator is you. That's two straight coaches now you have a problem with. And Trey is, you know, 
I talked about how this league is so competitive and it's a bunch of alpha competitors. Trey is a perpetual chip on shoulder guy. And he's used the fact that he's been small and slighted and no one thought he'd, because you know, no one thought he'd make it to the NBA. They're like, you, you're like 5 and 11. Nah, bro, that, you ain't making it in that league. You ain't good enough. You ain't all through. And he's like, all right, I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to show y'all. There's good and bad with that kind of mentality, right? When you focus on that too much and you become too narrow and laser focused, you miss the other pieces, right? And he is not engendering a, 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 a camaraderie and a communal spirit down there in Atlanta. We heard about how he decided, yeah, nah, I'm not going to come to come to walk through. I'm just not. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not coming to the game. Right. Like it's just, and this organization is kowtowed to him at every step of the way. And it's like, I get it. Organizations have to bend to their stars sometimes, but Hey man, this is the danger when you give rookies the keys to the franchise on day one. Because if it's not the right rookie with the right temperament, you got a real problem now. And Atlanta, listen, quietly, they're like, shit. Listen, Travis Schlank is no longer the GM, right? He's now moving yep. to an advisory role. Just pay attention in Atlanta. I, I And there were other changes in the front office, too. And there were other changes. Three different guys out, right. And the way that they play basketball there, it is, again, it's Trey Ball, right? When he doesn't have the ball, what's he doing? It's like Harden, nothing. Standing at the top of the key, 35 feet away, literally doing nothing. Here's an example for you. You know, one of my favorite players uh, is Kevin Herter, Red Velvet. He was on the Hawks to start yep. his career. You saw flashes. We saw him score big-time games in the playoffs. He is thriving in Sacramento. Sacramento. What in is the Sacramento. difference in Sacramento? What is the <laughs> difference between Sacramento's style of play and the Hawks? The Hawks are tray ball. He's jacking the ball from everywhere, doing his own thing. The, the Kings play a much more read, react, share the ball, everybody cutting, moving, shot. Lo and behold, look at Kevin Herter doing mm. big things over there. Look at and De'Aaron Fox, by the way, still putting up his numbers. DeMontis Sabonis still putting up his numbers. See, it can work. Everyone can eat in a read, react system. It can happen. We saw it with the Warriors. Steph, Clay, and KD all eight, right? Yep. It, it can happen. You can do it. It is clearly feasible. But for whatever reason, they don't have that working down, down, in, down in, uh, in, in Atlanta. And so about the DeJounte Murray thing, look, his numbers are a little down, but it's like 21 points to 20. His assist numbers are down um, uh, three or four assists per game. And efficiency-wise, it's about the same. So I don't, it's not a DeJounte Murray problem to me. This is a Trey Young problem to me. And Agre- Agreed. Know, Agreed it's a Trey Young problem. The problem for that is you gave up three first round well, picks, though, that right? Is, like, they, yeah. like, that's the thing. It's no blame on DeJounte Murray. And I think we all could have expected some of the numbers to go down because he would have the ball in his hands mm-hmm. less than he did in San Antonio. But you gave up three first round picks. You mentioned there seems to be, I don't want to use this word, discord in the front office. It tells you some people ain't on the same page, mm-hmm. probably about mm-hmm. what they should either do with H. Trey mm-hmm. Young, John Collins, um, Nate McMillan, and by all accounts, seems like Nate McMillan can't wait to get up out of there. Uh, so, Dexter, I mean, yeah. you it, it, Trey is such a unique player in that because of his size and his inability on the defensive end. He is an elite offensive player, but he wants to do Trey ball. So you've got guys who have to be willing to just do all the other things, the yeah. dirty work. And you see that that's the difference. Grizzlies players, Dylan Brooks loves doing the dirty work. Jaron Jackson loves doing the dirty. Those guys are happy to do it because 
Ja has instilled them a level of of comfort from whatever it is. They're that's the thing about teams, right? We we talk about this all the time with, with basketball. Yes, you need elite talent, but where you can see the great teams and the elite teams is how connected are they? Ja's a connector. So when you're connected, you're willing to sell out for your teammate and do the do the dirty work. Ain't nobody connected over there in Atlanta and willing to do any dirty work for that dude. None whatsoever. And yeah, it, that's a problem. It's a problem. And it does not help when you have that situation where with the shoot around and you're beefing with the coach. It just it, look, I say this all the time. We've, I think we've talked about this before. And Gerard's point that he made, this was not him being a grizzly homie. He made this exact same point last year on the show when we talked about the comments in the beginning of the season that Trey Young made uh, about them being back into the playoffs um, and how they just had a little hangover, like that was supposed to be okay. Everybody where you work, I don't care what you do for work, everybody don't got to be your friend. They ain't got to want to go out to have dinner with you, have a drink. Mm-hmm. Might, not mm-hmm. be, might not be like that. Y'all just may not vibe like that. But what people have to do where you work is respect how you come to work, mm-hmm. how you go about that job. That stuff matters. Mm-hmm. You might not like There's people I've worked with that I have not liked. But I'm like, yo, they're good workers, though. <laughs> they, when, they, right. when they come here in right. terms of the work environment mm-hmm. to get the job done, it's, I would mm-hmm. never hang out with them. It's not that I don't mm-hmm. really like them. I mean, I hang right. out with them. But if the dudes don't like you even when they're on the job, that can't work. This is mm-hmm. never going to work. Mm-hmm. So that is a problem. And keep your eye on that. Now, to yeah. Minnesota. Mm. Um, and I haven't talked enough to some people I know around the Wolves about this, but the Rudy Gobert trade, and there's been a lot going on with them, with Cat being out and whatever, and people may know from this show, and Toronto, I'm not a believer in Cat um, <laughs> at all whatsoever. I was skeptical of this move from the beginning. I would like to be clear on that. I, I did not like this trade and this fit of the two bigs. I also will say, I know Gerard is on this too. We defend Rudy Gobert more than some of y'all out there who mm-hmm. kill Rudy Gobert. I do not think that this is on Rudy Gobert where the Wolves are. Um, I do think it was a mistake in them trading for him. Correct. Because I do not think that's what they needed. So I'm going to be very what, what, what they gave up. Particularly what they yes, gave up. Yes, particularly what they gave up. <laughs> and listen, ain't nobody tell y'all to give up that much, right? Like, yeah, and I don't believe the people like, oh, this now set the market for future trades and all that stuff. Just because somebody was a uh, stupid enough to pay a certain price for something doesn't mean that all the rest of y'all have to for something else. Mm -hmm. I didn't see how this was working. I don't see how they get out of this now, short of trading D'Angelo Russell. Um, Gobert doesn't fit their timeline with Anthony Edwards and Cat anyway. Uh, Is this Minnesota mismanagement again? Because I like some things they were doing. Um, are you like me where you view this trade as a mistake? So let's remember, Tim Connolly left the Denver Nuggets to go over to uh, Minnesota. And for whatever reason, he thought, yeah, I'm going to give up not just the the picks and the swaps. I'm going to give up actually talented role uh, role players and, and rotations like Jared Vanderbilt, et cetera, just because, you know, I think Rudy Rudy's the key here. Because Cat wants to play out, out on the wing and be a stretch floor. Rudy can protect the paint, do all that. Okay, cool. Um, and that was a bet also that they made on Anthony Edwards making another leap. Well, Anthony Edwards has not made that leap this year. He's fine, but it, it, he, he has not made that, that leap. And that, that leap from starter to all-star, that's the second hardest jump to make, right? I talked about all-star to all-NBA is the hardest. 
that next one, that's the second hardest jump to make. He ain't there yet. Not saying he won't get there. He's just not there yet. Now, the Rudy Gobert piece of it. Rudy's not playing as well defensively as he has in the past. Um, a lot of that is based on who he has around him and what they're doing. Uh, got some coaching issues. The vibes are off there. There's also, like I mentioned, the NBA is not only a copycat league amongst teams and coaches. It's a copycat league among players and their sentiments about other players, right? I'm going to go back to Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was one of the great players in the history of this game. Defensive player of the year, guy, MVP. Remember there were conversations, who do you start your, your squad with? LeBron or Dwight Howard, right? That was a legit thing people were asking back in the day. And then the late, great Kobe Bryant goes on something, calls Dwight a clown, and all y'all Kobe stands and everyone who's worships at the altar of Kobe as a Kobe acolyte. Yeah, Dwight's a clown. All right. Now, Dwight didn't help himself out by doing some clownish things later in his career, but once Kobe said Dwight was a clown, that was it. Name any star player in the league who talks well about Rudy Gobert. I can't. What I've never been able to figure out is why that is. Is this a Trey Young situation? that we just previously talked about where dudes just don't like him or his get down or how he is around the team. Is it legitimately that, or is it a perception thing of how he is or maybe it's a perception thing that happens sometimes. I'm not saying Rudy is like a perfect human being. All right. Like I'm look, he's, he's got his own foibles, but there's a perception thing. Anti-French sentiment. Oh, he's the soft Euro guy. He ain't that good of a defender. Draymond Green one of the best defenders of this generation, a loud vocal critic, right? What did he do on the TNT show? Oh, I ain't going to cry like Rudy if I don't make it, right? All these little subtle jabs that guys do. Their peers hear that shit, and they, and they, and they notate it. Anthony Edwards, this is year, what, three for him in the league this year? So in the offseason, Rudy Gobert's coming in. Um, if I'm a year two guy and that guy's already won three DPOYs, I'm at least putting on a public face of, oh, I'm excited. This is great. It's going to help us out. Anthony Edwards didn't have that kind of vibe to him. He was like, oh, I mean, Rudy ain't that hard. to. to he's not that great a defender. I dunked on him before. Like, all, all these little things and this lack of respect. You mentioned before about you got to respect the people in your workplace. And he's a fundamental. Dudes don't respect him as a player and don't think he's that good a defender. So, you know, this is this is the problem. I think that's a major problem to that point. And I think now, now you, I'm actually glad you said that, <clears throat> excuse me, because it makes me wonder for Rudy, like, let, let's just take, think about him and this personal standpoint. You are traded from the team that drafted you, that you played for, for a bunch of years. Now you come into this new environment and it's clear when you hear a comment from that by the young star on your team, that you're not respected. Mm-hmm. Right, like the, mm-hmm. the, you're you're not really respected here. You feel that, mm-hmm. and then you got to go to work every day and perform. Well, shit, you might not be as good defensively yeah. as you once were. Your effort just might be off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It just might be. The One problem- of his great things is covering for his wing and his perimeter guys when they when they when they are lax on defense. Well, if you're talking bad about me, am I gonna really want to cover for you like that? Maybe I'm like, not. oh. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want three DPOYs. Why don't you show me what you can do defensively? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's exactly what he's thinking, 
I'm just saying it's human nature that that stuff can sort of sink in at times, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. that causes problems. And I'm glad, I think you connected it well with what I said before about the work situation. Mm -hmm. People got to respect you at work. And if you're on the other end of that and you don't feel the respect and you're mm -hmm. out here for just because of perception, not mm -hmm. even because of what you do, mm -hmm. not even because of the facts, because that's the key. If people ain't respecting you out of perception, none of the stuff we're hearing is Rudy Gobert doesn't show up to practice. Rudy mm -hmm. Gobert isn't there for his teammates. We're not hearing that. This is a little different from the Rudy Gobert's beefing with the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Not hearing that. The mm -hmm. Trey Young thing is a lot different from this. It's perception. Anthony Edwards come. Anthony Edwards saying that kind of looks at the front office like, why did you even trade for this guy? Mm -hmm. That's not good. And Anthony Edwards also did not come into camp shape this mm -hmm. year. Yes. My point in all of that is the people stuff matters. Right, sure and we're talking about with both of these organizations. There's a lot going on here in Minnesota. Lots. That's something for the people to keep their eye on. I, I like. I don't. I don't think the trade was a good fit. I don't know how they blow this up. It's probably too quick for us to say that. But uh, keep your eye on things in Minnesota, man. It's uh, vibes not good in in, in the Twin Cities. <laughs> vibes are not good, and it is cold, and it can get cold. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back. We're going to talk about some of the best bets for tonight. We'll try to win you guys some money. I'm pretty sure Gerard picked the game involving his Grizzlies. We'll talk oh, about course, that when we come <laughs> back on the NBA Exchange. <laughs> Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. To make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, Join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. All right, welcome back to the NBA Exchange. We're going to talk some of the best bets for Wednesday night. Interesting night of action around the league. Gerard, what do you have for? I actually know where you're betting. You basically got both your teams on here. Um, <laughs> or your guy and your team. Which is pretty predictable. We, we should go there. I'm not going to put the, the, the team uh, here in Brooklyn as your team. <laughs> but it is your guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Who you, got, who you got first? You got, I know you're betting on the Nets tonight. You're looking at the Nets tonight. But uh, who you got first? So first, I'm going to go with the – do a Nets game first or do a Grizzlies game first? Let's go Grizzlies no, we can do first. Nets game. We can do Nets game first. Yeah. I'll do the Nets game. All right, Nets. All right, they are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bulls. They are one – they've won 12 in a row. Look, Vector, this team is hot. The Bulls are not. <laughs> like, they, they, they just gave up 70-something points to Donovan Mitchell. We just saw that on Monday night. Um, they're not playing great defense. This is a team, by the way, the Bulls, who – might be a fire sale come the uh, come the trade deadline because it ain't looking too good over there. I like Brooklyn actually to win this, so I'm taking the points here and I'm gonna go with the unders. I think the Nets defensively will hold uh, Chicago down, so I like Brooklyn to take the points and the under. In terms of player props, let's look at KD four plus assists, Kyrie three plus threes. And 
Nick Claxton, seven plus rebounds. Let's see what kind of kind of parlays you're getting there. If you want to do something easy, you go KD and Kyrie both to score 20 plus and a Nets win. I won't get great odds on that, but you know, it's, that'll, 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 that'll give you probably plus 100, 115 or something like that. All right. There you go. Nets to win. So somebody's going to like that Chicago Bulls money line because like, man, the streak's got to end this sometime. Although I'm inclined to agree with you here. I do not think that'll be today in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the Nets mm-hmm. have uh, an interesting schedule coming up on the road. I believe they're in Toronto on Friday. I no, mean, New, New Orleans on Friday. New Orleans Friday. New Orleans. Oh, New mm-hmm. Orleans Friday. Excuse me. The, mm-hmm. Knicks, the, Knicks are, the Knicks are in Toronto on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have another good test coming up, too. I forgot. I just talked with Brian Lewis about this. But their schedule. Mm-hmm. Has been, Boston's yeah. coming up Boston. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Boston. And that could be a big showdown. As Gerard mentioned before, if they win tonight, they are tied for the best record in the NBA with the Celtics. So I think the Nets are pretty motivated to get this one. I like them to cover that five and a half, too, there. All right. The Suns versus the Cavs. Now, what I wouldn't bet on is Donovan Mitchell scoring 70 points again. But you never <laughs> know. I, would, I would not bet on that. But you never know. Um, Phoenix struggling. No Devin Booker right now. DeAndre Aiden's look good. But a lot. you're asking a lot on the perimeter for Chris Paul. I'll get to him in a second here. The Suns underdogs here. Cavs, they're five-point favorites. Cavs should have Garland and Mobley back tonight. So I like them here. Give me the Cavs to cover the five points uh, in terms of the over under, I'll go with the under Suns are really struggling to score here. The Cavs defense has been pretty good in terms of props right now. I just looked at it. You can get Donovan Mitchell. I'm pulling it up right here. Donovan Mitchell uh, at 30 and ha- over 30 and a half points. That's a minus 117. I would stay away from that. Cause I actually could see this being a blowout where he does not play in the fourth quarter. Look at what the Knicks did to the Suns the other day, beat them uh, by 19 points. At the Garden, they did that very well. The Suns also struggling on the boards. So this is where I might look for my props. Look at Jared Allen, anything with a double-double. Look at Mobley, mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. over eight and a half rebounds. Good value there. Also, teams keying on Chris Paul. I said I would mention him. Over under his line, point total is at 15 and a half. I like the under here. Paul's been struggling to score. has been looking to be more of a distributor. His numbers are down anyway this year in terms of scoring and the assists. I'll take Chris Paul, fade him right now on the under in terms of points. He's been getting a little bit more, but I could see him doing 12 to 13. Get Asking for 16 or more I think is a lot, especially where their offense is struggling and how small they are on the perimeter and inside uh, the injuries. You know who they miss right now? Jay Crowder. Also, Devin Cam Booker. Johnson. <laughs> Booker. Yeah, obviously. And obviously, Cam Johnson trying to work his way back. But they're missing a lot. Phoenix, to me, is a team that you should definitely keep your eye on. And I think you're going to bet against them a lot because I think they'll, they're scrappy enough to win some games, but against good teams like the Cavs, no. And this line is kind of respectful to what Phoenix has done in the past. But give me the Cavs to cover the five points at home over the Suns here on Wednesday night. Phoenix is interesting, man. So Book's going to be out for at least a month with the hamstring, and hamstrings are tricky. You know, you come back yeah. too soon, he might be out again. Look, what if they're looking like, because they're like in eighth right now, seventh or eighth in the West. What well, if seven- what if they're like tenth come the trade deadline? What do you do? You're like, yo, man, we gotta press the reset button on this joint because looking so good. Well, there's a lot of interesting things there too, especially if you talk about the all the drama that went around there. Obviously, Jay Crowder, a tradable piece mm-hmm. who, interestingly enough, hasn't been moved yet. He definitely could help them now. 
Um, will you will you sell on DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. who we kind of mm-hmm. realized didn't probably want to be there in the first place? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can trade him after you can trade him in uh, eleven days. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that'll be very interesting to see what goes on there. But you're right; they could easily be that because they are struggling to score without Book, who was a fringe MVP candidate before he mm-hmm. went down with his injury. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right. Please just tell the people why you're picking the Grizzlies tonight. I mean, they're playing the Charlotte Hornets, right? The Hornets are among <laughs> the four the four worst teams in the NBA, right? They're just they're right. putrid. Um, Memphis seven and a half point favorites, easy. I think they win by ten plus tonight. Um, I'm going to go with the over because Charlotte cannot score. Um, looking at player props, look at anything with Jaron Jackson two plus blocks, Desmond Bain two plus threes, two two plus threes. Jaron Jackson, two plus blocks, and a Grizzlies win. See what kind of odds you get on that. If you want to get real saucy, a, um, a Grizzlies win. John Morant, 20 plus points, uh, two plus blocks for, for Jaron Jackson Jr., two plus threes for Desmond Bain, two plus made threes for Dylan Brooks. See what you get for that. If, you, if you're feeling real saucy, if you're feeling real like, all right, we got this, um, see what kind of odds you get there. But I, I like the Grizzlies easy in this one. Charlotte, listen, man, they in the victory win, Benyama sweepstakes. And look, to be clear, Jordan's the guy that's probably still my goat, although LeBron is, you know, I might decide LeBron like at four o'clock this afternoon. Um, I don't want him to end up in Charlotte. Like I just, that's a franchise that's shown me they don't know what they're doing. They're 28th in adjusted net rating, 30th in offense, 26th in defense. They stink. Yeah, they stink. I like, I love your props on there. I just want to give people two more to keep an eye on. One, I don't know if you I might pardon me if you said this one already, but Jaron Jackson Jr., who I love with the blocks, he's, oh, yeah. he's got me oh, paid yeah. a couple of times the block. But watch for Jaron Jackson in terms of the three-point shot. He's been mm-hmm. shooting the ball mm-hmm. better over the last couple of games. I was just looking at his number line for three-pointers mm-hmm. made in the game at one and a half. You can get him at two over, and you can get over even money on that. So mm-hmm. look at that. The other thing in terms of threes on the Hornet side. Gerard talked about the fact that he can't score. Gerard is absolutely right about that. The numbers show that. <laughs> but you know who launches a bunch of a bunch of threes? Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Right. That is LaMelo Ball. Exactly. <laughs> he, and his line will be somewhere over three or three and a half here. Yes. But he shoots about 11 and a half. Yeah. He's averaging threes a game. Well, so they're going to take him. He gets a lot of money, and he'll take them. <laughs> and he'll hit them, too. He'll, he's good for about three. So if you see the three and a half, if you feel lucky on one night, he might get you four. He's cashed in on that a couple of times in the past couple of weeks. I'll try for Terry Rozier, too. Terry Rozier likes to hit you with a couple, two, two, two three, three, three plus three nights as well. So yeah. watch out for that as yeah. well. Yeah. He'll also hit you with a one of 12 from downtown <laughs> night as well, too. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. He'll do that. All right, my last game of the night, I got the San Antonio Spurs to visit New York Knicks. We talked about this earlier. Last week, the Spurs played the Knicks in San Antonio. Julius Randle had a monster game in that. I would look for him to have another one again. Julius Randle double-doubles, the value on that has gone down. So maybe just look at the rebounds for him in terms of the props here. But I like the Knicks to win here. Now, the line's a little high for me with the Knicks, mm-hmm. um, with the 9.5 points. That's a little high. I might look for alternate spread down to 7.5. I probably feel a little bit more comfortable for that. But what I would bet on in this, if you're feeling good about the Knicks, is the revenge factor. I think the Knicks were embarrassed in that game. I think there was a little bit of a letdown from what happened in Dallas to them with Luka Doncic. I think revenge will be on their mind at home. I think they'll come out inspired. I would The guy I'll look for in props to have a big game, two guys. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who is now back, look at him over in terms of points. I think he can abuse San Antonio's uh, point guards and their attack. 
line for him is at 23 and a half. The other guy who did not have a good game in that contest and was in a bit of foul trouble, Mitchell Robinson, who's quietly had himself a solid season and has not been in foul trouble. I like him for a double-double. Good value in there. Over even money. Look at Mitchell Robinson. I think he'll have a pretty big game tonight against the Spurs. So look at that. But I like the Knicks to win here. I take the nine and a half, but I feel a little bit more comfortable as a down about seven and a half. But you know what? I think it's good in terms of that over under. I'll go with the under because I think the Spurs will struggle to score here against mm-hmm. the Knicks. The Knicks will have a pretty good defensive performance. The Knicks, look, it's been a roller coaster season for them, up and down. There are two games over 500. I think they'll get over the three tonight. They're kind of right around where I thought they'd be for the season. I think they're doing fine. Gerard, I'm glad because I'm going to talk to Gerard about this sometime. <clears throat> Gerard has always said, what is going on with the player development with the Knicks? I've always thought that was a fair point. The one one guy I'm very excited about with the Knicks right now, who I like the way he's developing, is Quentin Grimes. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. an eye on him, too, in terms of player props. Over two and a half made threes a game. Good for that. Also, he's sneakily good with the rebounds. If you get anything mm-hmm. over three and a half rebounds, watch him as well there, too. There's some good value in that. So watch it. Knicks might be developing a good one there. That's where I'm seeing some good development. And Mitchell Robinson's been solid, too. So we'll see. Yep. They, still ain't got a, they still ain't got a start, though. I know they still ain't got a start. Uh, Gerard, tons of good performances in the NBA. This was a fun one to talk about because there's so many guys balling. Yeah, man. All you old heads out there hating on Stop the NBA hating. don't think it's good ball. Man, you, you just you don't like exciting sports. Then, you know, I don't know, man. Just go watch some high school basketball or something. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know what else to say to you. Uh, Gerard, what else, what, else you got, what else you got going on? Anything good with True Hoop? Anything uh, you know, we're, we're with the pods coming out Mondays and Thursdays, of course. Um, David Thorpe had a great piece today about Tyrese Halliburton. What a jump he's made. And, yeah, man, we're just trying to crank out good content. Um, you know, Seven Borders, of course. We dropped our episode uh, this morning. So check that out. Talking all yep. about the Nets. And the scoring barrages like we did today. So yeah, man, check us out. Check that out. Go do that. Go uh, subscribe to the Seven Footers Podcast on YouTube and all your digital streaming platforms. Also, subscribe to True Hoop. Great mm-hmm. content there for you mm-hmm. NBA lovers out there. Please go subscribe. I'm a subscriber. I read all the articles that is out there and listen to all the podcasts. Great work by uh, Henry Abbott, Coach Thorpe out there mm-hmm. doing the great work. Please go subscribe to that and support independent journalism that's another thing we absolutely should always try to do uh here's gerard hector gerard will not be with us next week wednesday gerard will not be uh in the country i'm not gonna let the people know where he's Thank going i don't i don't do that but i'm letting people know that gerard is starting off his new year with relaxation which i think is a beautiful thing to do uh gerard will not be here he will return with us the following week uh if you are wondering if i was going to ask gerard to do a remote <laughs> NBA shows. Let me tell y'all something. When I am away and I am not working, I don't think about any of this. Yeah, okay, man. and yeah, neither man. should Gerard. Yeah, Wherever man. Gerard will be, I will, of course I'll be thinking about Gerard because he's my brother. But I'll be thinking about him, hoping that he's relaxing, as I would hope you would too. If you thank you, my brother, appreciate that. <laughs> of course, brother. <laughs> that is Gerard. Have to go check out his work. I'm Dexter Henry. We will be back with another episode on Friday. Uh, as I'm sure there'll be more great performances around the league and we will have our eye all on that and continue to watch that as much as possible until next time he's Gerard Hatch I'm Dexter Henry we'll catch y'all later and peace